Good evening, everyone. Today is Tuesday, July 16th. Welcome to the second episode of the Fantasy Football Bros podcast. I am here with my co-host here, Derek Randall. Derek, are you there? Hey, Mark. How's it going? Doing well, doing well. Uh, having a little trouble hearing you, um, but uh, hopefully that hopefully that gets better here. So we had a, a pretty jam-packed episode here. Happy to have everyone back, and you know it's we're officially underway with fantasy football season. Best ball drafts are are fully underway, and you know another month from now we're going to be in the midst of uh, of, of season long drafts. So. We're starting to inch closer here, believe it or not, to the 2019 season. So we got a nice episode lined up today. First, we're going to go into the finalized draft draft order. So uh, for all of our audience who's listening, uh, for those who can't remember in our league, we went ahead and determined our draft order by the rankings through uh, our March Madness pool. So. We'll announce the official draft order, and then from there, we'll dive into each team's uh, rosters and determine who we think that they're going to end up keeping, who we think they should keep, and you know, just overall evaluate what's on their rosters. Lastly, we'll go into our rookie watch heading into 2019. So before we get started, Derek, do you have anything to add? Uh, no, I'm just excited to get the football season underway. feels a little weird. I'm still kind of... Uh locked into baseball season so it's gonna be a little bit of a transition here to get into football but i'm excited for it cool so we are yeah baseball season is definitely still we are still uh right in the depths of the baseball fantasy season uh you know just to not to go off on too much of a tangent but derek and i both have very competitive fantasy baseball teams too so not gonna lie our focus has been a Slightly jolted a bit, but we will do our best to provide the best research and analysis as possible <laughs> on the fly here. That's right. Not a uh, not to toot our own horns or your horn, really, for being the commissioner of that league. But it is the greatest fantasy baseball league, and and this season has been insane. So it's got me sidetracked for sure. So Derek, how about you um, just read off the uh, draft order that we have lined up? from the March Madness pool and just kind of list what who's drafting where from 1 through 12. All right. So with the first overall pick of the 2019 draft, we've got Tackett. Followed at number two by Nate. Third goes to the commissioner, Jimmy. Fourth goes to Mr. Irrelevant every year, Kuhar. <laughs> Fifth is uh, the co- our co-host, Mark, here. Six goes to Lennon. Hey, Derek, can you still hear me? Yep. Okay, cool. Can you hear me? Yep. All right, cool. The audio. Okay. Perfect. Six goes to Lennon. Uh, I think in our, I don't know, he's been here for four years now. This is probably the highest he's ever picked. <laughs> <laughs> Good for him. Um, right. <laughs> Seventh goes to Jack. Eighth is Andres. Nine goes to Caleb. Carl is picking at the 10 spot again this season. I have pick 11, and then the final pick in the draft goes to Denison. Awesome. So I thought that was a really good idea. That ended up working out, I think, really well. Um, You know, we'll see. There was a lot of – we mentioned it the last episode, but there was a lot on the line with how this draft order would play out and how it would impact – 
who's keeping who based off of how early or late they were drafting. So I'm excited to really kind of go back into these rosters since it's been a while since we, we took a look at this and, you know, dive into who we, who we think is going to end up keeping certain players and whatnot. So um, without further ado, let's go ahead and pull up Tackett's team and, and, and see what's going on there. All right. So Tackett, has a total of he can pick out of 10 players to keep which I think is the most of anybody (laughs) he made uh, very few transactions this season and last year he picked first overall David Johnson and then second McCaffrey third round Phelan fourth round Jarvis Um, do you want me to go through all these um no I think I'll I can list them all for you if you don't have it pulled up in front of you. That way you kind of know. I have his team pulled up. I don't have the draft picks, but I okay. mean, even just kind of hearing what some of those draft picks were already, I would say Christian McCaffrey. Well, in the ninth round, he has Mahomes. Um, that's okay. I mean, that's um, in a two-quarterback league, uh, which that's I guess – big deal. You know, I guess if we're not making any changes, I think that's one thing that, you know, I know we talked about some of the potential changes that we can make. I think we're still TBD and hearing from Jimmy what's going to happen with that. Um, Which I think just on a side note, so we're waiting on that. And we're also waiting on, um, there is one other thing, right? Uh, We're definitely changing the waiver wire. So we're Um, doing fab. Yeah. Yes. That's a hundred percent. But that's the only thing I remember being 100% right now. Two quarterbacks, whether we're doing the second quarterback or the OP spot, um, waiver wire. I thought there was one more, though. And I, I literally was – I thought it was something else. I was just thinking it, and I lost it. So hopefully that comes back to me. Um, yeah, I'll try to find it while we do this. But anyways, I mean, in, in looking at this, I mean, Mahomes in the ninth or McCaffrey in the second. I mean, McCaffrey is going – and and he's got a first overall pick. I I personally I would just go McCaffrey. Like you're, I don't know. Like McCaffrey in the second round at the end of the second round is great value in my opinion. Uh yeah. I hope he doesn't listen to our podcast. Um, <laughs> because if he doesn't, I don't think he's going to think that way. So well, I, I don't. I think I don't blame him if he goes with Mahomes. Um, I don't think it's a terrible move, but. Right, but what you just said would be the undeniably best move he can make. Yeah, I think so too. Especially, go ahead. With him having number one, so McCaffrey, then he gets the final pick of the second round. So he's making McCaffrey a consensus, what, top five player going in fantasy leagues right now. He'd get McCaffrey in the second, and then he'd have his pick of the litter who he wants to take first overall. Yeah. So, I mean, he'd be setting himself up really nicely. I agree. I agree. And, you know, I think there's a little bit of a question with the Chiefs offense. We don't know what's going to happen with Tyreek Hill, which that'll come up again later on. But, um, you know, I think that, you know, there's always the chance for that sophomore slump in the NFL. It happens all the time. So um, I, I feel good about McCaffrey as the 24th pick if I were to attack it. Yeah. Um, all right. So who's next? Who Second place was Nate, was it? Um. Let's uh, check that out. Yes, Nate. Okay, so... <laughs> so Nate's got the least options of anybody. <laughs> Nate has five five players he could choose from. Uh, first round, he took Kamara. 
Second round, he took Keenan Allen. Third, he took Aaron Rodgers. Tenth, he took Sony Michelle. And then in the 16th round, he took the Titans defense. Okay. Um, wow, that's a bit of a head scratcher there. Uh, what he took Aaron Rodgers in the second round? Is that what you said? Or the third no, round? No, you. Uh, sorry, you cut out again. He took Rodgers in the third, Sony Michelle in the tenth, and the Titans defense in the sixteenth. Okay, so that brings up a valid. Okay, so Sony Michelle in the tenth. I mean, initially, right after the season, I would have been like, okay, Sony Michelle definitely. But after they drafted. Um, Oh, man, what's that running back's name? Harris? Um, they drafted a running back really high, like in the late first round or in the second round or some, somewhere around there. Yeah, and, I don't remember who it was. I mean, I don't even know who the guy is. I don't really know much about him. I just know that the Patriots love to use as many running backs as possible. So even with that, so Derek, I mean, how do you feel about Sonny Michelle in the 10th? Honestly, his options are so limited here that I think you just go with best value, which is Sonny Michelle. Um, because Aaron Rodgers in the third would be a reach this year. There's no way Aaron Rodgers is going to go that early. Well, I don't know. It, it's it's hard to judge because last year... We don't know. With us drafting, how... Hello? Derek? Uh, I think we lost Eric there, so we will go ahead and reconnect real quick. Derek? Yep. All right, so we got we lost connection there. Yeah, I wonder if one of us needs to update our Anchor app. Possibly. Um, all right, so... Did, did you hear what I was saying about the quarterbacks? Um, with not ha- I, I, you cut off pretty early there, but I was going to say, I mean, it's hard to tell just because we don't know if we're playing two quarterbacks or not. Yeah. Yeah. Which it sounded last we talked to Jimmy, it sounded like we're keeping with it. Um, so I would assume we're keeping two quarterbacks. Uh, but in years past when we did a live draft, what I was saying is people go quarterback heavy early and often, but this Last year, with it being the first year where we did it all online, they were, weren't were really getting taken until the sixth round, which is unusual for us. So I don't really know what to expect. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I would say about this situation here for Nate is – so let's take a step back. He has Alvin Kamara, right? Right. And he drafted him in the first round, correct? Correct. He's got the second pick, so – if he decides to not take Alvin Kamara, chances are all of those other running backs that go in normal leagues are going to be taken. And there's a chance then that Tackett then has a shot at or, or does take Alvin Kamara with the first overall pick. So right. I now that I'm kind of diving deeper into this, I think the best move would just be to keep Alvin Kamara in the first because of you know, the fact that you're you're essentially – you don't really have many other players of value. Quarterbacks you can get later in the draft, a guy like Alvin Kamara, there's a chance that with this league, you know, knowing that there's going to be 12 keepers, you don't get a player of, of the same caliber as Alvin Kamara back at that second overall pick. Yeah, absolutely. And it would, it would really suck for Nate to have drafted Kamara first last year and 
have their second overall pick this year and have to use it on Kamara. But what you also don't want is Tackett to start the year with Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara. Yeah, exactly. And um, my, my other point is, like, if you don't take Kamara, your second overall pick is likely going to be a late first-round or second-round player in normal leagues. You're likely looking at a high-end receiver uh, or more so an elite receiver anyways, but would you rather have an elite receiver, maybe the third or fourth best receiver, or would you rather have you know, the second or third best running back who, by the way, gets a ton is going to likely get it, see an increased workload in receiving stats for this year. So with, with the departure of Mark Ingram. So um, I think, I personally think the move is Alvin Kamara um, here for Nate. You don't really get a whole lot of extra value with your keeper, but you don't lose much either here. Yeah, I, I have to agree. The more we talk about it. Uh, so let's go ahead and move on from this one. I'm um, just trying to go back. We have who's Jimmy. left of the pirate? Jimmy. Yep. Okay. All right. So I'll read the list, but uh, I think Jimmy's gonna have a tough situation here. So in the first round, he took Ezekiel Elliott. The second, he took Gronk. Fourth, Brady. Fifth, Deshaun Watson. Sixth, Robert Woods. Seventh, Devin Funchess. Um, ninth, Jordy Nelson, 10th, Sterling Shepard. And then in the 15th, he took Chris Carson. Yeah. I mean, I think this is pretty easy. You just go with Zeke and don't overthink it. I think it's a very similar situation to Nate here. Right. Yeah. Um, Which <laughs> the more, the more this happens, the more, um, the more I'm kind of glad I'm picking towards the end of the first round. <laughs> well, we, we talked about this the last episode and, and for those of you that didn't, listen feel free to go back and listen because we talked about how there were certain teams that would benefit from actually not having a good march madness bracket and there were certain teams that would benefit from having a nice um bracket so you know you didn't necessarily for not every team necessarily wanted to do the best um but you have no idea what's going to happen so um you know, unfortunately for Jimmy, it, w- it would have been really advantageous to have a bad bracket um, and get Zeke at the end of the first round and then be able to get that wraparound early pick in the second. But, um, you know, I think you just, again, you got to bite the bullet here and just go with Zeke because you're not going to get anyone better than that if you uh, try and get cute with it and go with a different pick later in the draft. Yeah, and what's crazy about this whole thing with this being our you know, our first year of keepers and one keeper per team is that we're all submitting our keeper at the same time anonymously. So nobody knows who's keeping who until they're all released. Yeah. So Tackett, we're planning as if he's taking McCaffrey in the second, if he takes Mahomes, I mean, uh, yeah, these guys yeah. are, these guys are going to be so upset because their picks are already locked, but then they would have been assured their running backs. You know? It's just, it, in my opinion, based off of, like, at least these two teams so far with Nate and Jimmy, there's no one to keep of, of comparable value to Zeke and Kamara, where you just have to kind of, in my opinion, go with them, regardless of what Tackett does, because you have to play it safe, considering how much of a drop-off in value you, you could potentially see um, if you don't there. So Exactly. It's too risky. Um. All right, so I think that's pretty easy with Jimmy's team. The next one, so the fourth one is Kuhar. Yep. 
And his is going to be just like theirs. He took Barkley in the first round last year. Might as well keep yep. him again. Yep. So, I mean, again, another no-brainer. I mean, do you know what round Julio was drafted in? Not that he would Second. keep him, but I'm just curious. Okay. Um, I mean, you know, we've seen crazy things out of Kuhar. That would be <laughs> pretty nuts if Kuhar went with Julio and then Tackett got Saquon Barkley in the top pick. But, um. Yeah, I mean, I think that Saquon's probably Saquon's probably the move again. Like, don't overthink it. Don't get cute with it. Take the take the the clear top value there. So yeah, it, it's it's just too obvious. I don't think Kuhar would screw this one up. <laughs> I hope not, but you never know. So um, you know, it, it it all depends on what day the keeper deadline is and what everyone does the night before. So I'll leave it at that. <laughs> So you're saying let's make sure we have uh, the keeper deadline set the morning after a rave. <laughs> um, possibly. I mean, <laughs> if we can all go to that too, that'd be fun. That would be um, fun. All right, so let's move on. So I think I think I, I honestly think I know it's me. So I'm I'm the fifth pick, but I think I actually have one of the harder decisions of the league here. Um, just given you know the situation of a lot of my players. So yeah. Um, I don't, I don't, I know, I think I know most of the picks off the top of my head, but maybe just, I know I took Melvin Gordon in the second. Yep. Um, I believe what, what round did I take Juju in? The fifth. Tyreek Hill was what in the third? Yep. And my first round pick was, I believe for Fournette. Who you know, who I don't have. have. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, in my opinion, uh, none of the other players really on my team, I think, are guys. I, I think it be, it comes down to either Melvin Gordon in the second, Tyreek Hill in the third. Is it the third or the fourth? Uh, third for Tyreek. And Juju in the fifth. Yep. So that's like, I don't know, what like my personal opinion, like I, I was thinking this all the way up until the other day that I was just going to go Melvin Gordon in the second. But we just got news on Melvin Gordon that he there is potential that he is going to plan on holding out of training camp. So um, Tyree Kill, we're waiting on seeing when this what this suspension will be and when it'll happen. And Juju was a number two receiver on his team last year with Antonio Brown leaving. You know, he's going to be the number one receiver, but, you know, who knows, like, he's going to start drawing number one cornerbacks now, potentially yep. even getting double team, depending on if these other Steelers receivers don't step it up and who knows how productive, you know, he ends up being. So I personally, to this date, I, I really have no clue who I'm going to, you know, keep at this point. Yeah. You're in a tough spot um, between Melvin and Juju, I think, because I Tyreek, I, I just don't think so. Um, I, I think and I think you agree you're kind of torn between Melvin and Juju. Yeah, I mean, Tyreek Hill is definitely the distant third, but it just it comes down to when the keeper deadline is. Um, I'm assuming it's going to be closer to the draft, probably like mid-August or sometime around there. I'm thinking first week of August is probably what it's going to be. Okay, so I mean, that would put a lot more pressure on me. That would really hurt me. Um, just because I don't know if they're going to dish out the suspension at that point or not. I mean, either way, he's going to, he's definitely going to miss some time. I can't really see him not missing any time at all. 
Um, although I am seeing reports now that are saying that he could get off squeaky clean. So um, I'm leaning towards to this date up to right now, Melvin Gordon in the second, just because I think that's pretty good value. Um, I can still keep my first at the fifth overall pick. If all the other guys do what we think they're going to do, I'm likely going to have the second, the true second pick of the draft. Um, but I mean, I think the the only silver lining, at least on my situation, is that regardless of who I keep, I'm going to have my first round pick. So yep. that'll be kind of my saving grace, um, even if I fall flat on my face with one of my uh, with one of these keepers. Um, but it's gonna it's gonna be really dicey, you know, given that you know every unique situation between the three of those guys there. So, yeah, I uh, I don't really think you could mess this one up too hard. Unless somehow Melvin Gordon holds out the whole season, <laughs> yeah, um, which I don't, I don't think he's like Le'Veon, so I don't think he would do that. And he's not as good, so he doesn't really have as much power to do that. Yeah, I think, I think the, I think he's not as good as Le'Veon, but I also think that the Chargers need him more than they need Bell. Like I think there is more of a drop off between Gordon and then Eakler and Justin Jackson than there was between Le'Veon Bell and James Conner. Um, just because I, because I think the Steelers offensive line is a better offensive line than the Chargers offensive line. So, um, it, it's going to be tough, but I, I, I'm definitely leaning towards Gordon. There is a, there is a shot that I go with Juju. And if we get some freakish news that Tyreek Hill before the keeper to the deadline isn't suspended, then I might just go after Tyreek Hill because he's ridiculously good in fantasy despite how horrible horrible of a person he is in real life i'm glad we can agree on that (laughs) (laughs) um all right let's go ahead and move on so lennon would be next we got lennon it's so odd to see his names just all the way up the draft board i'm so used to seeing him at like pick 11 every year (laughs) Um, he's got an interesting cast of characters here. So what did he take Antonio Brown in the first round? Yeah. So Lennon has 11 options to keep, which is the most of anybody. Um, actually it might be tied with Tackett. So, but a lot of them just, they, they aren't really options. Um, yeah. So he's got Antonio Brown who he took in the first round last year, Jordan Howard, he took in the third and he's got Carson Wentz in the fifth. Cooper Cup in the eighth. Um, Kenny Galladay was in the 11th. And then James White was in the 11th. Hmm. Oh, man. I mean, you know what you're getting? Like, at least with the Patriots' backfield, the one player that you feel decent about is James White, just because I think the pass catching is always is is going to be there to a certain extent. Um I think that because he has such a unique skill set, there's always some sort of floor there. 11th round, pretty late in the draft for a running back of his caliber. Um, I mean, I'm tempted also to just say with Lennon and Antonio Brown because he's picking later on in the first round. Right. And I would imagine that, you know, I mean, here's the thing. Antonio Brown's ADP is what is it i think his adp is likely mid second round right now it is yeah so i mean you're you're not really getting much value here you're you're really losing value if you keep him in the first 
Um, I think his ADP is going to rise just because of hard knocks. Like everyone, hard knocks is going to start August 3rd or whatever it is. Um, everyone's going to watch it and everyone's going to be like, Antonio Brown's the best receiver in the history of the league. Everyone's yep. going to say that Josh Jacobs is going to be the next Saquon Barkley. Um, and rightfully speaking, Khalil Mack is the backer of all time, which arguably I think that's the only point that I could, I could try and argue for, but I mean, he's got a <laughs> long ways before he actually is that. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. What, what do you think about this situation here? I think because Lennon kept most of the players he drafted, he's got a lot of really great options. I don't think he should keep Antonio Brown. Um, just because there's so many question marks around him. One, he seems to have kind of lost his head, which would concern me throughout the season. Two, he's in a new situation, new quarterback. You know, he's amazing at football, but we don't know how he's going to do in the new offense. But, but don't you think Antonio Brown is going to get fed? Like, he's going to have plays designed for him, for him, right? I mean, you would think, but also, is that really what you want to risk with your first pick on a guy who's right now going in the middle of the second? I mean, that would make me nervous. You know what I mean? Because hear me out on this. Say he takes James White in the 11th. He's got the first his first round pick still. Say uh, Jimmy, Kuhar, and Nate all lose their first rounders. So that puts him at third overall pick. I mean, he has the pick of the litter of wide receivers. Yeah. I mean, and, and so, like, good point. Like, who would you – so, for instance, some of the teams we've already gone through here, one player sticks out to me. Who would you rather have, Antonio Brown with the Raiders or Julio Jones? Julio. Raider? You would definitely you would take Julio. So, so I, I, I think I would agree with that. Like, I think this is probably the first team that you can roll the dice on not taking your first uh, round player in and potentially get back a better player. Yeah, and I, I think – in a situation like this, which I've thought about a lot um, in terms of my own situation, if there's a pretty damn good chance of the player you're thinking of keeping being there in the round that you drafted him in or a better player than him, then you should probably take somebody later because you're basically getting a free pick later. Yeah, you know I, mean? I agree. I agree. And, you know, there is decent value in, like, James White and um... – I mean, when did he take Cooper Cup? Eighth round, which I like Cooper. Cooper, it'd be hard not to take Cooper over James White. I mean, Cooper Cup in the eighth round. I mean, Cooper Cup, if if he can stay healthy all year, like we saw what he did the first half of last season before he got hurt, you know, he's essentially a top 10 receiver. Yeah. if he can stay healthy all year. So um, I would be tempted to take, to keep Cooper cup. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Andy had Kenny Galladay in the 11th. Yeah. I'm not that big of a fan of Kenny Galladay though. <laughs> all right. Roll him out. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, Kenny Galladay or James white, but um, I, I think Cooper cup is the one that sticks out for me the most here. I agree. That's who I think he should go with. Um, and I have a feeling he will. But also, what we have to always take into consideration, Lennon's from Pittsburgh, loves Antonio Brown. So Does he love him still, though, now that he's gone? Uh, I bet he does. I don't know. Antonio, there was 
kind of some bad uh there was There's some, some bad, bad air blood. there for sure some bad blood there we'll see draft day will tell all <laughs> um all right so let's move on from lennon here so the next one that we have is uh jack. who jack okay it's like who is popeye <laughs> All right, so, so Jack, I think Jack is obviously the one that, you know, the first round you're going to get some nice value here from his team because he can only keep one of these players. Right. I'm 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 assuming yeah, he had to have gotten Gurley in the first, right? He, he did. Yeah. What were some of these other picks cuz I mean, going through the whole roster, there's there's a handful of players. Michael Thomas in the second, Amari Cooper in the fourth. Brandon Cooks in the fifth, Drew Brees in the sixth, Matt Ryan in the eighth, and Aaron Jones in the fifteenth. What about DJ Moore? Did he trade for him? He uh he picked him off waivers. Picked him off waivers, okay. Um and he drafted Aaron Jones in the fifteenth, right? You said the fifteenth, yep. Well, I don't think he's keeping Gurley. Definitely not. Yeah. Um when did he draft Mixon? Not Mixon. He traded for Mixon. Oh, okay. So he's probably keeping Michael Thomas then. Some uh, inside sources tell me that he is torn between Michael Thomas in the second and Aaron Jones in the 15th. He loves his Aaron Jones, man. He's obsessed with Aaron Jones, and the value there is astounding. I mean, it's great value, but um, I mean, the Packers did draft a running back from Notre Dame, Dexter Williams. Uh, in the draft here, you still got Jamal Williams there. It's a new offensive situation, so which I believe they want to incorporate the run more. I thought I read somewhere. I don't know if there's any truth to that. I mean, I think we'll learn more as training camp starts, but um, I mean that that is great value. But at what point do you surpass value with production? And let me ask you this, Mark: Is Aaron Rodgers still there? Aaron Rodgers is definitely still there. Yes. So they're going to pass the ball. Yeah, I mean they're they're obviously going to pass the ball still, but you know they're not going to incorporate the run any more than what they already have. No way. The only reason they ever do that is when he gets hurt. Well, I was reading that they um, number one they want to incorporate the run so that they limit the chances of him getting hurt, and number two because Aaron Rodgers is one of the best action quarterbacks in the league. He's just one of the best quarterbacks in the league, too. But um, there was a emphasis on running more play-action plays and play-action screens to the running back. Um, it's going to be tough. I mean, I, I think Michael Thomas is probably, in my opinion, still the safer play. You know, you're keeping him in a much higher round, but you're getting Michael Thomas middle of the second or early to mid-second. Um, and you're keeping your first round pick still. Yeah, I, I honestly, I think in the end he's going to go with Michael Thomas just because that's what's safe. And um, I got to guess that Michael Thomas would be a top four wide receiver pick, anyways. So it's good value there. I mean, the thing is, if he doesn't keep Michael Thomas, you're going to have Michael Thomas and Julio Jones available to me and tack it. Like, um, right. You're going to have Joe Mixon out there. Like, you know, there's a chance that – there's a chance that he could even get Michael Thomas back 
given his draft position. So I, I wouldn't blame him if he took a risk and went with Aaron Jones. Yeah, I mean, there's just so much up in the air about it, too. It all comes down to who who he has more comfort. I mean, what is this? In. He has the fourth pick, basically. Is that what we're talking about here? Yeah. So, I mean, you got Mixon out there. You So far with players that we've just gone through, I'm sure there's other one, other top-tier players too, but you got Mixon. Uh, you have Julio Jones. If he threw Thomas back in the mix, you'd have Thomas. Um, if there's one or two other players there, it might be worth taking the risk and just getting Aaron, keeping Aaron Jones in the 15th keeping that that really low value hoping that Aaron Jones is the same player this year and then you know potentially even getting Michael Thomas or someone of equal caliber back at his pick yeah yeah I mean he he also took Michael Thomas in the second so if he if he keeps him there then he can still get the same kind of player yeah yeah he could he could basically double up on that sure thing wide receiver yeah Yep. But do you want to do that when a lot of running backs are going to be kept? So. Ugh, so much to think about there. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be that that's going to be one to sit on a bit, but um I'm starting to lean towards Aaron Jones. I think it might be worth the risk, but I, I guess it 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 depends on what happens in training cap. I I think that the more we go through this, I think that the keeper deadline would be premature the first week of August. Because um, that would be no fun if you kept kept a player that got hurt during training camp, you know, and if there's two or three teams that kept players that then, you know, were out for the season by the time. That actually happened in one of my other keeper leagues a few years back, and they changed it um, right away to doing the keeper a week before the draft at the end of August. So, um, yeah, maybe we'll do something like two weeks before the draft, something like that. Yeah, like maybe or, right after that week three, after like the third week of the preseason when all the starters are done playing kind of thing. Um, so it's still enough time out. But um, I, I, I just I could see a lot of things happening between like August 3rd and August you know, 27th, you know. Right. And, and the other thing, too, is. Uh, we don't really know when our draft date is yet, so yeah, there's a lot still up in the air. Yeah, I mean, and we're midway through July, past the midway point of July, so Jimmy's got to get on his shit here. Yeah, our commissioner has been kind of lacking so far, uh, especially with these rule changes that we keep talking about. We don't have any clarity on them yet. So, all right. So for sake of time, let's move on here. Um, who do next, we next is Andres. Andres, okay. Um. I think this will be pretty uh, pretty obvious. He took Odell in the first round last year, and I think that's where he's going to stay. But he's also got Cam Newton in the third, Kenyon Drake in the fourth, Matt Stafford in the seventh, Rudolph in the eighth, uh, yeah, Zerline in the 13th, and then Breda in the 15th. Yeah, um, he took Zerline in the 13th. He did. <sighs> okay, um... So I, I agree, like pretty clear cut here. You just go with Odell. Like he's a late first rounder anyways, according to ADP, maybe early second. But um, at this point, you're at the end of the first round anyway. So or or kind of in one of the worst draft spots, in my opinion, for any fantasy league normally is 
what this is like the eighth eighth slot right uh yes eighth yeah. yeah so like in a 12 team league the eighth slot in my opinion is like the worst spot to be in yeah i i agree every year it seems like the eighth is where you get hit with um basically nothing nothing good <laughs> yeah so um just take odell in my opinion like i don't think there's anyone else noteworthy here nope so uh let's move on from him after that, we've got Caleb at number nine, All right. which is where it gets interesting because Caleb always drafts hectically. So how high did he year, take Kevin Coleman last year? Third round. That actually might be might pay off with some value this year. Like that, that's actually a, a fairly fair. I mean, that's probably where his ADP is at this year, right? I have not looked at that at all. I haven't um, either. Um, where where I, did he end up going? He went to San Francisco. He's gonna be he's gonna be the guy there, in my opinion. I think he's the best running back that they have on their roster. So you think that Jarek McKinnon was signed for nothing? No, I don't think that. I think that McKinnon can't, you can't rely on him as a three down back, obviously. And like that was true in his Minnesota days. I'm a big Vikings fan, like. The second he signed with San Francisco and they thought that he was going to be this power power horse back that they were going to be able to use for the amount of usage that they were talking about, I knew that he wasn't going to hold up. He's just not – his body just can't – it can't take it. So, I, I mean, I think they overpaid him, and I think they've realized that at this point, which is why they brought in Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman's going to be their, you know, first and second down back with – you know, McKinnon mixed in as a probably their their third their third down player, and you know might get mixed in and get like a you know a series here or there you know for himself too. Um, but I think Tevin Coleman's the better player. Well, I don't know. With that being said, third round seems a little steep, and it was steep last a- year for sure. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. He, uh, I mean, considering he took Jay Jai as the second pick into the second round, and then Tevin Coleman in the third. Um, That's ridiculous. But, yeah. So, then he's got Kirk Cousins in the fifth, Phil Rivers in the sixth. Um, Personally, I would go with Kirk or Phillip, just because it is a two-quarterback league, and I don't think he has good value with his top two picks. Um, I would go with Rivers. I don't think Cousins is for, like, from a fantasy standpoint – I think he's going to be productive uh, to a certain degree, but I think Rivers is clearly going to be more productive. Um, so I wouldn't mind Rivers, but and and he traded for Mark Ingram, right? Yes, and, and T.Y. Hilton from you, right? Yep, you're right. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I think Tevin Coleman in the third that could be that that might be the play, in my opinion. I feel like he's going to end up with Phil Rivers in the six. I feel like that's what he's going to do, and personally, I like that better. I don't, I don't but, mind it either, especially in a two quarterback league. I think I don't think you can go wrong with either of these picks, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. It it just it comes down to how much you like Tevin Coleman, and he has drafted him like three years in a row, so he might like him a lot. Um. So that'll be a decision Caleb will have to make. Um, I'm leaning more towards Coleman, but um, definitely don't mind the Rivers pick either. So I, I think that the other thing with Rivers too is like 
like he just does it every year, man. Like, <laughs> like I don't know how he keeps performing at such a high level. At some point, he's going to come down and he's going to turn in, into an old man and not be able to throw the ball more than twenty yards. But like, I don't see that happening this year. And I, I think that Mike Williams is going to take a step forward. Like Mike Williams is going to be a beast of a receiver. You still have Keenan Allen, right? So um, Hunter Henry's back. Like you got plenty of weapons. You, you know, if Melvin Gordon does sit out, you're probably going to have to lean on the passing game even more, which is just more stats for Philip Rivers. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just kind of crazy that, you know, Philip Rivers is still doing this and we're talking about keeping Philip Rivers in the sixth round. But it is a two-quarterback league, so. Right. Yeah, Phil is very consistent every year. And I, Jimmy has talked about drafting differently this year. We're not going to do it on ESPN. We're going to do it on that program that we used two years ago when you were in New York and Denison was in uh, Sanford. So, so that way, you know, it's there's not as much of a cheat sheet for the uneducated individuals in the group. <laughs> so, you know, what I mean, because I mean, it, it if got... you're if you're like any smart at all, though, you like you'll have your you'll have your setup going. Like, as long as you have it somewhat prepared in advance, like. In my opinion, there's no difference, and it just makes it more annoying to draft. But it was yeah, fun. I, yeah. I uh, there's a lot of people who don't prepare, and then they come in and they just reap the rewards of pre-made rankings for them. So. All right, yeah, I'm I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. More the more the power to the more prepared. So absolutely. All right, so who's next? We've got Carl. All right, so Carl was bad last year, right? But we couldn't figure out why, like, all year. Yeah, all all year we couldn't figure out what was happening. It, it just seemed to come down to, um, well, two things, really. One, he had the most points against by a long And two, his quarterback situation was horrid. Um, yeah. when, I, when I went to make this list, he had like Jeff Driscoll starting. Yeah, he still does. Yeah, him and Case Keenum. Oh God. Oh my God. Yeah, he he didn't really get a quarterback last year at all. I I I think he drafted Tannehill and Keenum to be his quarterbacks. Um. Uh, when did he draft Derrick Henry? <laughs> he did not. He traded for him. Uh, picked him up off waivers. So hey, wait, wait, wait. Derrick Henry didn't go drafted last year. There's no way. No, he did get drafted, but he, he got, got dropped. dropped. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um. Wow. Okay. And I'm assuming he took DeAndre Hopkins in the first, or did he get him in the second? First round. So, so I'm probably just keeping. Well, where did he get Ertz? Third round. Oh, okay. I know that exactly. I think he's between Ertz and Hopkins. It's between Ertz and Hopkins. I think Ertz is going to have like a career year this year, in my opinion. Um, there's with, always that injury risk there with Ertz, but and with Wentz, but yeah, and with Wentz. But like, man, if Ertz is healthy all year, like he's going to put up like high end wide receiver two, low end wide receiver one production. And in the third round, that's you know. Um, that's a bargain. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. And and you know, I mean, he's probably not going to get DeAndre Hopkins back if he doesn't take him. 
Um, but he could get a player pretty comparable to DeAndre Hopkins in his draft position. So, yeah, I I agree. I I have a feeling he's gonna end up going with Ertz. Yeah, I think I think Ertz is probably the play there, just because you can get a player back similar to DeAndre. Um, just because, like, I know DeAndre Hopkins is arguably the best receiver in fantasy this year, but um, you know, you, you you can get someone pretty pretty close to it. So I don't mind Ertz. Yeah, yeah, I really think it's a uh, a can't miss situation there. Ertz Hopkins, either way, it's a win for him. Moving on, we have two more. So we have you. Yep, we're up to me. All right, so um, let's pull up your team here. My options are Dalvin Cook in the second, Diggs in the third, um, Andrew Luck in the sixth, and that that's really all I'm considering there. Um, I took A-Rob in the fourth, but I'm not doing that. So, <laughs> um. Yeah, so I'm I'm between Cook second, Diggs third, Luck sixth. I'm leaning pretty heavily Luck sixth. Um, I'm a Colts fan. I think Luck is the consensus top three quarterback this year, and I just I have this feeling that quarterbacks are going to fly off the board this year. Yeah, the other thing too is so you I mean we just talked about Caleb's team, and there is very a very strong chance that he's taking he's keeping Philip Rivers in the sixth. Like. Yep. And if you can get luck in the sixth round, like, I mean, that's that's great value. Like, he's probably – I mean, again, we're talking about a two-quarterback league. I think that's pretty much where he goes, though, in a one-quarterback one league. So, um, you know, the fact that you're getting luck in the same round that you would get him in a one-quarterback league, you know, you're talking about, like you said, a guy that's, you know, top three quarterback in fantasy production this year. He's – you know, as long as it, as long as he stays healthy again, like right. which is true for anyone, anyone can get hurt in the NFL. So let's kind of throw that out the window for a second. He looks he looked fine last year. I mean, he's throwing over thirty touchdowns in my opinion. So um, I think the situation is better. He has more weapons uh, in his, with his wide receiving core. Like the 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 offensive line is looking good these days. They have a decent defense. Like they're you know kind of that dark horse contender for you know potentially the Super Bowl. So. Um, I hope I mean, so. I mean, their offense looks fantastic right now with the guy, addition of Paris Campbell and um, Devin Funches. And, you know, I think that opens up all kinds of opportunities for T.Y. Hilton. Um, you know, I, I, I don't see how Luck doesn't throw less than 30 touchdowns this year. I agree. I, I think I think he's going to have an astounding year. I don't even know how many touchdowns he threw last year, which I kind of want to figure. Do you have that pulled up on yours? Uh, Luck – through 39 touchdowns last year. Yeah, I honestly, I don't see how... I think how he's going to do better. Yeah, I think he's going to do better. Like, I don't see how he doesn't... Like, last year, I didn't realize he threw that many. Like, that's actually a lot more than I thought he did. I thought he threw, like, maybe 32 or something. Um, but I think he takes a step forward. Like, now that I'm thinking about it, I wouldn't be surprised if he threw over 40 this, this year. So... Yep. And when you look at the other players, like Dalvin Cook, okay, in the second, but, like, he, he's kind of had his injury issues. Um, and who did you say, Stefan Diggs, in the third? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Diggs, like, you don't know. I mean, Kirk Cousins isn't the best quarterback in the world. So, like, you know, a new, off, uh, new offense, you know, coming in, you know, you have no idea how they're going to, you know, use the passing game versus the running game. So, 
um, I agree. I think Luck is a pretty easy decision, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And with where I pick at, which is why I did the March Madness bracket the way I, I did, I either wanted a top pick or one of the last picks. So I ended up picking Iowa State <laughs> to win it all. I thought they stood a better chance than like a or whatever the hell they were. But anyways, so no, you picked I, Michigan. Did, oh, I did pick Michigan. I had them. I had Iowa State in the final against them. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I tried to go that same route. I had North Carolina, which I mean, I think I thought I had a better shot than Michigan, but um, you know, I th- I thought it was contrarian enough because I knew everyone was going to go Duke. Um, yep. But somehow I ended up right smack dab in the middle. Yeah, I, it, it's I, a I wonder. Some, I called some big, like, big upsets, actually. Um, but, damn, man. Yeah, I, I tried to do what you did, and it just didn't really work out the same way. <laughs> <laughs> you ended up doing better than you hoped. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but not good enough, so. Right. Because, yeah, I mean, with the 11th pick, say I, I use my six-round pick on luck, then I have the first – I have 11 and then, uh, what is that, 14 to pick whoever remains there. I feel like that's a pretty nice spot to be in. Yeah. No, I I mean, I think you're in a really good spot with you already have your QB1 picked out and you're going to, you know, you'll you'll have some top-end players, especially considering, you know, it's not truly the 11th pick. It's like the – it's like the fifth pick or whatever. So um, you're going to get a good player at that point too. Right, right. Yeah, which, yeah, it's still hard to wrap my head around the whole they keep a player, they're out that round, and how that equates. It's going to – it's basically going to be like like the first overall pick is going to be like a late first rounder, you know, like in a normal draft. Like we said, like except for like the first pick. Like the the first pick, like Tackett could easily get away with a top five player. Like it could happen, definitely. The likelihood yeah. is that he gets like a late first rounder, like an elite wide receiver. Um, so, I mean, but like, you know, me and you, we're both, we've, we're both in pretty advantageous situations in the sense that we get to keep our first, if you get to keep a, your first round pick and you don't give up a player of first round caliber, um, you know, like you're, you're in a really good spot. So, and if you, right. if you have a player that you drafted in the later rounds, that is of that first round caliber these days, you know, you're, you're, you've got a leg up on your competition. Exactly. Exactly. All yeah. right. Let's move on. So, to that Cause I think Andrew Luck is definitely your player. Absolutely. I like that you agree. Cause we, last we talked before the uh, March Madness standings were out, we were in some disagreements about that. You thought Dalvin cook. Um, but now with, knowing where we stand, it makes the most sense to go this way. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, Dennison picks 12th, and his options are Mike Evans in the second round, um, RIP Doug Baldwin, so that's not an option, Uh, (laughs) Deion Lewis in the sixth, Carrion Johnson in the eighth, and Jared Goff in the ninth. Um, When did he pick Carrion Johnson? Eighth round. Oh man, this is a head scratcher. I mean, I think, you know, like I don't it, like Kerryon Johnson. He's not going to get a full workload, right? Because he's coming back from an ACL injury. And and didn't they didn't they sign a running back? They signed C.J. Anderson, so I gotta yeah. imagine they're going to give him some work. Right. I. But eighth round is great value when Kerryon would go 
much higher than that in the standard non-keeper. So I, I think his options are between carry on and golf and it, golf is pretty tempting. He was great last year and he'll get Cooper cut back. Um, golf in the ninth is, is pretty appealing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and again, two quarterback league, like he threw 32 touchdowns last year. If Cooper cup stays healthy all year, you got to imagine that production goes up, especially considering, you know, the only, the only thing I'm actually worried about, I think this is a situation where if Todd Gurley isn't as effective or if that running game isn't as effective, I think that actually like opposite of Phillip rivers, I think rivers that would increase his production. If Melvin Gordon sat out, if Todd yeah. Gurley isn't the same player that he is, and they become one-dimensional. I don't know if Goff is at the point of his career where he could really handle being more of just a pass-only offense. So um, I don't think that's going to happen. But I just I don't I don't see I, I think he, he'll produce similar, if not very identical, results as he did this year. And I think that's good enough for the ninth round. I agree. I think with this being a two-quarterback league, as we've said many times quarterbacks hold a lot more value um so i think golf in the ninth is the way to go cool uh so we're done we're done with all of the um going through everyone's keepers let's just wrap it up and derek i'll kick it over to you uh what do you think about uh our rookie watch here what rookies do you like that got drafted in some of the situations that they're in the guy i would go with here as far as a rookie to keep an eye on would be Paris Campbell, which we already talked about earlier. Yeah, that's one of my guys too. Like, I think, um, you know, like he, he can really stretch the field. Uh, you know, if they're going to show all of that attention to two I Hilton, Paris Campbell is going to get the benefit is going to see the benefit because he's probably going to play out of the slot a bit considering Funches is going to be on the other side. Um, he's going to be that guy that they just, you know, it's going to be a nice deep threat going down the field and get big play opportunities. So um, probably design some screens his way as well. So I, I do like Paris Campbell a lot. Um, you know, I, I think there, there are definitely a number of rookies out there. I think it's kind of an underwhelming rookie class overall. Um, Josh Jacobs is one of those clear cut, you know, players from the class impact obviously um how do we feel about josh jacobs though do you think he's going to be the real deal or do you think he's kind of going to be like a subpar low-end rb2 dirt okay i think we lost eric there um See if I can call him back real quick. Okay, so we lost Eric there. Uh, a little bit of um, technical issues on his end. Um, but uh, so we just wanted to wrap it up. So Josh Jacobs, we were just talking about, we think that he is going to, um, I personally think that he's going to be a good player. Um, He's definitely a guy that uh, will hold some value. I, I, just, I don't think he's going to be like an RB1. I think that Hard Knocks is going to hype him up and people are going to overdraft him. So just be be cautious of that. Uh, another guy that I personally think could benefit um, from other guys being out, uh, who's a rookie, is Michael Hartman uh, over at the Kansas City Chiefs. Take an eye, keep an eye on him, especially during training camp if Tyreek Hill 
faces a suspension, that's going to be certainly a player that, um, you know, they have, the Chiefs have to rely on someone at wide receiver, and uh, there's a lot of potential in him uh, coming up through that system. Uh, he can not re- duplicate exactly what Tyreek Hill does, but he can relatively fill a role in that offense and, and carve out some production there. And you could probably get him on the really cheap end at the end of end of your drafts there. So uh, that's it for the Fantasy Football Bros. Until next time, we look forward to going ahead and diving in probably a couple weeks out from now once training camp starts. Uh, let us know if you have any questions, submit your inquiries, your messages, and looking forward to the 2019 fantasy football season we're just about a month away all right signing off here this is mark and mark and derek will be back in a few weeks have a good one guys